Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill, and I listen to the Funbelt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Funbelt. Very excited about the Sunbelt Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Funbelt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds sounds a lot of fun. Good evening. Welcome back to Funbelt Podcast from the Believe Network. My name's Jeremy Harper from HowRazor.com. With me is Shane Metlin. From the Daily News report, the much maligned and hate, hated Shane Metlin. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's on his case. We'll discuss a little bit about that. And Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk report. Everybody loves Dusty Thibodeau. Dusty doesn't make any waves. He's friends with everybody. The SIDs love him. The, the athletic directors adore him. The athletes think he's a god. Nobody has a problem with Dusty, but Shane... Oh my God! Why does everybody have a problem with you right now? Um, I apparently was trying to turn yeah. game day into January sixth. Oh my God! I think, I think that was what I was trying to do. So wait, why are you moving game day to January sixth? I don't know. <laughs> the last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB, postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to your Bet Online today to get on the action. Don't forget to use promo co- code. Believe that's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, so uh, this is all stems from from the uh, James Madison being denied by the NCAA for a waiver to play in postseason, which means no Sun Belt conference championship no bowl game no new year six game no rankings on the uh the, the 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 committee's rankings it's all for not when when espn uh game day said they were coming to harrisonburg i thought well that's it that's that's the sign that's the signal that they were going to get that waiver i mean why would espn even be going to harrisonburg if they did not know have some inside information that would said yeah the dukes would be getting that waiver but they didn't get it and now shane there is an uproar yeah there is there's also probably a lawsuit coming so it'll it'll still be lots of fun my job so uh <laughs> I hear the state of Virginia might be doing a little lawsuiting. Is that right? That's where it looks like it's going. Okay. Um, if there's not a change by noon tomorrow, or maybe today by the time people listen to this, who knows? Oh, Friday, right. noon Friday, um, Eastern time. Not because yeah, we never time. know when Jeremy's going to edit and put the show up. It, yeah. it could be. It could be next week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. We'll so, see. Yeah, so, you know, there does seem to be two camps. There's the camp that says, hey, you know, rules are rules, JMU, and you need to follow. And the other camp, and I'm kind of, I'm in this camp, guys. 
I'm in the camp that says JMU being recognized this season for their accomplishments is good for JMU, but also good for the Sun Belt. How often do we have this opportunity to have a team that's that's playing to a level to where we can get this type of exposure? And we can't have it because of some Byzantine rule that was probably made up at the time that the forward pass was illegal. Tibbo, what do you think about this? I, I mean, you're the you're the no waves guy. You, you know, you everybody likes you. S- say the words that makes it that makes sense for everyone. Everybody but one South Louisiana athletic director like me, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> you got some. I I like to think of this. Okay, the Sun Belt already has the precedent precedent to tell the NCAA to shove their rules change it our champion needs to be in the postseason prime example year number one of the good old fun belt a five and six north texas champion team had to get a waiver to be able to go to new orleans and get drummed by cincinnati wow but they still fought the fight to get the waiver and into the postseason wow so they earned the waiver they earned the waiver that would be like what 2003 or something crazy uh one but yes that was close i was i was i was close wow you dug deep into the archives for that so yeah so precedent has already been broken i mean or the rules in some ways have been broken why can't they be broken now shane what are you hearing from from jmu fans right now um a lot of like what you're saying is yeah like, why is there a waiver process if this is going to be nigh? Shouldn't this have been a slam dunk waiver situation? Basically, it's kind of like what the JMU fans have had to say all along. And, you know, I think a year ago, 20 years ago, like we were just talking about, it would have been like you got a new, relatively new president of the NCAA who came in. One of the first things he did was say, we're giving out too many waivers whether we're talking about transfers or this kind of thing or, okay. you know, um, eligibility, a lot of things. And, you know, maybe that's right. But, you know, sort of like, I mean, not to the degree, like Tez Walker at UNC, like he, yeah. the argument there was like, oh, he transferred before they, before they said like, they're not going to accept any two time transfers. Uh-huh. And JMU transitioned kind of like under the understanding, Hey, here's a lot of the things you need to do to get this waiver. And they felt like they did them and then had a new group of people kind of say, that's not the way we do things anymore. So I, I understand the disappointment on their side. I understand people who are like, Hey, this has been a rule for a long time. Like I think reasonable people can disagree on, you know, what ought to be done. Um, Self interested people though, I would think if you're in the Sun Belt. Over the long term, I think you got to kind of look at it. Hey, getting somebody into that New Year's Six game is a huge deal, not just because of the money, just because, you know, next year we saw it. Once the American kind of became the conference that typically got their team in, it seemed like, hey, the favorite in the American or the team that's first in the American kind of just got slotted there for a lot of years. Yeah. And I and think you know, where it is now, right? The Sun Belt has been the there. Sun Belt has been catching yeah. that league for a long time. They need that thing to push them over the hump to where, like, when you go into looking next year, you're kind of wondering, hmm, we're talking about a group of five teams. I wonder who's going to win the Sun Belt. You know, maybe in some ways, uh, Commissioner Gill's relieved, Thibodeau, that this hasn't happened because look what happened once the Americans started getting these NY six bowls and actually got into the college football playoffs, all of a sudden, all his teams got poached. <laughs> well, but how much of this do you think also, <clears throat> while I, I, I haven't really seen anything, Shane, where it's been Commissioner Gill, uh, born the athletic director, anyone really pushing it, but how much do you think maybe behind the scenes, Gill's kind of maybe hitting the panic button or hand hovering over the panic button? Because this might be the best shot for a while that the Sunbelt really has to have that New York New Year's six uh, invite. I think you never know. I mean, this league is going to beat itself up most years. And you, you did get this one year where 
one team kind of separated itself and it happened to be the one that wasn't eligible. Um, you know, that's, I mean, there's no reason to think JMU won't be very competitive for a long, long time, but you know, you can't count on this kind of season happening very often. They've had some luck along the way. Um, you know, a team like app state has had some bad luck along the way and that's just the way seasons normally go. I mean, it's a balanced conference that as we've seen most of the time hands each other a few losses that you aren't expecting. And the only way to overcome that is to be kind of considered the best league. And at some point you got to break through. I, I think Atlantis Morissette warned us. I mean, isn't it ironic? It's the free ride after you've already paid. Uh, you know, here's Dusty Thibodeau once again, appealing to the young fans of the Sun Belt. <laughs> Referencing a 25-year-old song. But I will say this. Okay, so doesn't this give Signetti, though, just another chip to add to his shoulder of chips? I mean, this, no, this it's another line right? to his resume when he leaves. <laughs> or, or that. <laughs> that I, 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 I didn't want to mention that, but yeah, he could be leaving. But but that's the, how Signetti works, right? He finds some sort of slight to his team, to his to, to the character of his team. And he's like, all right, I'm going to use that as radioactive fuel to 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 propel my next championship run. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been unbelievable how he's managed this team so far this year. I mean, every coach, every program, every player can go up to the press conference and say, all we're worried about is going one and oh this week. <laughs> and they all say that, but like, uh -huh. there's really been that buy-in at JMU and, you know, they've legitimately had that focus every week and you kind of just wonder like as they pile on something different every week at some point at some point something's either going to like have them come in with a big head or have them deflated at some point right they're human but so far they have, like haven't really acted that way well that's all good for james madison that is a big wad of christmas lights for them to untangle as the weeks unfold but right now the sunbelt has other other uh, other Christmas light strands to untangle, including volleyball. The volleyball tournament for the ladies is in full swing. We've already had some uh, programs get eliminated, including programs like Georgia State, who my Red Wolves beat. Tipper, why don't you give us a quick report? Arkansas State and App State first round winners over yeah. Georgia State, ULM, respectively. Then Arkansas State. App State both dispatched by Georgia Southern and Troy, again, respectively. The Raging Cajuns swept Old Dominion, Ooh. and that is it. That is final in the Sunbelt Conference Championship. ESPN Plus, you'll get to see South Alabama, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, Texas State, along with the winners from today's games. Do you ever, watch, do you ever just, like, hit the ESPN Plus and watch a little bit of a uh... – you know, ULM or, or JMU or any Sunbelt volleyball? I do. I was watching earlier. I was watching yeah. uh, Troy and uh, App State. And, uh, Go ahead. you know, Troy looked good, App State, not so much. <laughs> Here's what I noticed about volleyball is that it's very stressful to watch because the lead, the lead changes just happen so rapidly. It's like some like you could have a team that's comfortably ahead, like by three points. You think, okay, well, this team looks like they're on their way to win this game, and then suddenly they're down by five. But that's not a big deal because then suddenly they'll be back up by one. I remember watching last year; Red Wolves actually got into the finals, even though they didn't have a great season. It was very exciting to watch, but by the end of it, Arkansas State ended up losing the game. I was worn out. <laughs> I was like just a just a jello mold of emotions. Yeah, and, and volleyball is exciting too because of the way they break it down into sets. Like you're saying, you know, you get up by five and it feels like a big lead, but you know, it's not like in a basketball game where you you win the one quarter by five and you win the next quarter by seven, and all of a sudden you're pretty comfortably ahead. You totally yeah. reset it, and it's like you know, that's another good point because you could lose a set like I don't know, twenty-one yeah. to six. And then it's okay. You can just yeah, go back. You're and totally starting over. <laughs> like in set two. It, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely it. So, yeah, that's it's stressful as a fan. I don't know how diehard volleyball fans aren't like, I don't know, like 
in some sort of blood pressure study because that that was really hard for me to watch. So also uh, a little bit of uh, men's soccer news. Shane, maybe you can kind of catch us up to speed on what is probably the best men's soccer league in all of college football, the Sun Belt. I'm sorry, college football. Yeah, football. Yeah, it's up there. The ACC got eight teams in. I had to to look it up because somebody asked me if (laughs) five was the most, and Uh it was not. But they're up there. Um, But it's opening night of the NCAA tournament. Um, There were two Sun Belt teams playing on opening night. I think the rest kind of got buys. Oh, okay. Being high seeded teams. Marshall is the number one overall seed. Oh, they can just win the tournament. Yeah. <clears throat> but to start it off, James Madison with a 3 2 victory over Pitt mm. to advance. They're going to face Georgetown. That's a rematch of a regular season match. All right. So we'll see if the Dukes can uh, reverse their fortunes against the Hoyas. They didn't, they didn't beat them no. in the regular season. But we'll see. And then. Where is it? Kentucky. Kentucky. You know? Yeah. Long time legacy Sunbelt <laughs> member, Kentucky. <laughs> That's right. When people think of Sunbelt uh, soccer, they think Kentucky. Kentucky <laughs> with a 2 nothing victory over Xavier. So they're oh, advancing okay. too. Um, so, you know, basically that puts five Sunbelt teams into that second round. Um, five teams in, five teams still playing. Power conference. <laughs> All right. Well, good for uh, Sunbelt soccer. Well, well done. Well played. Uh, so, you know, basketball still, you know, in full dribble, you know, got a full slate of games. You know, I, I, I don't feel like <clears throat> we've had, <laughs> unless you're Oregon State, which had to go, has the distinction of taking two Sunbelt teams to overtime <laughs> to get their wins, uh, Appalachian State being the most recent program i think troy was the first uh you know i i don't feel like sunbelt basketball aside from jmu beating number four michigan state and then coming away with the kent state win hasn't quite like come up with the big victories yet have you have you guys noticed that is it is it just me seeing this am i am i am i jeremy downer here it's early season i mean you're playing the likes of tugaloo xavier louisiana uh Champion Baptist, I think, has made the rounds. All right. Yeah, I like those guys. I don't really read too much this early on. Like you said, it's kind of a big deal there that James Madison got those two wins. That ULM win over Central Michigan is looking better and better as uh, the Chips went and beat South Florida. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think, some, some, what do you want to call it, twice removed wins maybe that are, are kind of gaining steam. Yeah. Thanks to that uh, SBC Mac challenge, but yeah, we're we're really lacking those big mid major v mid major wins outside of the the challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know, you're right. We've just started. I ventured up to Jonesboro on God. What day was that? What day is it today? I guess it was Tuesday. Went up to Jonesboro on Tuesday. Caught my Arkansas State Red Wolves play. I welcomed in Alcorn State. Uh, they ended up fantastic. <laughs> That's right, a hundred to eighty-six victory over them. Uh, it, it was it was a fun game to watch. Red Wolves are going to be playing really fast this year. They're gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sort of hit or miss though. Uh, they, I think they chucked up something like forty-six three pointers in the victory. So we'll, you know you live or die by the three. So we'll just have to see about that. But you know, our, guys, I, the basketball's to come. But right now it's Thursday night. We're recording on Thursday night. There's no Thursday night Sunbelt games. Thank God, no Tuesday night Sunbelt games. We're all on Saturday. We've got some We've got some out-of-conference games, which, you know, it's always weird to me to see on the schedule when it's this late in the season. It's like it takes you by surprise. You're like, what's LSU doing here? But here they are. It, it's, it's coming. I think, guys, unless you guys have any other order of business, it's time for second and short. You have one more. Okay. Oh. Okay, I have one more thing. Put away the gong. Hang on. Let me put it away. All right. The gong has been put away. So we know last year there was the big brouhaha over the illegal insider information betting on SEC baseball. Yeah, yeah. Alabama. To protect – I wouldn't call it names, Jeremy. All right, to sorry. protect the integrity of the game and in the Sunbelt Conference, the conference 
has actually aligned itself, partnered with U.S. Integrity and ProAbet that basically allows the software monitoring to look for those bets to basically act as that back end to trigger the alerts if there's maybe a large sum of money being bet on Arkansas State from one Jeremy Harper Uh or that there was something like that to really protect the integrity of the game because we can't all be James Madison that just goes out bending and breaking the rules. We, you know, we all got to be law abiding citizens and and gamble responsibly. You know, have you noticed too, that uh, ESPN has started launched their own online betting service. And I find that to be a little squishy guys. When you have somebody who's, so deeply enmeshed in sports and now they're running a betting service that's i don't know what to think about that guys you, you, i don't i don't know anything about that because we we are happily merrily sponsored by bet online oh that's you know what dusty that is the online platform for betting that i personally use and uh i'm doing pretty well this week put in some money on some of my favorite teams and i hope they come through i wish i lived at a place where it was legal <laughs> yeah well you know you live in in texas where everything is legal but that <laughs> you know you, you can you can carry a gun in public and start shooting people up but nope nope you can't you can't make an online bet or have a beer before noon on sunday or liquor at all on sunday oh that's oh yeah we have that part so that's a little more anyway guys let's get this back on track second and short are we ready for it guys guys are we ready to offer penetrating analysis that only we at the fun belt podcast can offer there's only one game that matters this weekend oh okay what's that i mean college game day's there shane metlin will be there <laughs> I, I i saw somebody from barstool as the guest picker well shane uh, actually, jonas brothers listen is shane gonna be there though because if, for his protection he should probably be watching from a remote location Maybe beneath bulletproof glass? I, I don't know, Shane. I'm just spitballing here. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your protection. I, I'm going to do everything I can to be safe. There may be some Kevlar involved. <laughs> now, Tibbs, this is the reason my, why... My bodyguards have been, have been brought in. Noah Fleischman does not count as a bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, I don't know. He, he looks like a guy who's kind of small, but actually really tough. So I, I bet he'd be a good bodyguard. Hey, listen, Tibbs, are you, like, trying to derail second and short a little bit because the first game is the ULM game? Is that what's going uh, on? Here? I mean, technically, if you want to go alphabetical, Army okay. hosting Coastal Carolina is always an uh, uh, earlier uh-huh. game. Okay. I just I just feel like you're a little trepidatious, like you, you've been hurt, and you're a little afraid of second and short. SEC Network or SEC Plus will have the in-state Mississippi State head coachless versus Will Hall. <laughs> Saturday, November 18th, ULM 2-8. and eight. At number 13, Ole Miss, who's 8-2, and two, like the polar opposite of ULM, 11 a.m. on the SEC Network. The Black Bear Land Sharks are the 37-point favored the warhawks began the season a tough nut opponent really just some bad luck away from having a winning record but late haven't seemed to have that same fire that they had before although they are the only sunbelt team to have put two touchdowns on troy is ulm going to challenge that massive vegas line thibodeau let me read to you an article all right that I was interviewed for, for the Daily Journal, which is oh, in Oxford, Mississippi. Topic. All right. <clears throat> the question, if ULM is going to come to Oxford and upset Ole Miss, blank has to happen. Oh, okay. I answer. This feels almost like a cliche country song. You lost your dog, your uh-huh. truck broke down, the trailer's falling off the blocks. Uh-huh. ULM's kicker's hurt. The QB play is iffy. Players are quitting, and then a two and eight gets to play an eight and two team that's coming off of a huge loss to Georgia. Yeah, I would parlay the spread and the over to pay for a nice Abner spread. 
Okay, Shade. Listen, we we've heard this this sad country song from Thibodeau before. Uh, is it time to start listening to the lyrics and, and embracing them? I'm not even sure what that question means. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, is does ULM have is really as ULM in ba as bad a shape as, as Thibodeau is implying with that sad answer that he had? I understand where Thibodeau is coming from. Oh. And ESPN is giving them a 1.1% chance of winning that game. <clears throat> but you look at it, you know, we're talking about Ole Miss. Yeah. They've got a good record. They, they do. But, you know, they squeak by a bad Arkansas team. Mm -hmm. They squeak by a Texas A&M team that just fired their coach. Wow. So maybe they only win by like 30 or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would put a bet online $5 bill on that outcome. Thibodeau is who's going to, who are we going to see behind center? Is it going to be Wright or is it going to be Blake Edwards? Jai Wright. I think okay. they're saving Blake Edwards because he's at the cap. Okay. Where the Warhawks can play him in the season finale against Lafayette and still hold on to the red shirt. But you can't have him go into the game against the Black Bear Rebels, yeah. Land Sharks. And Lafayette and still hold on to the red shirt, which obviously Blake Murphy, 99%, that's your quarterback of the future. Uh, the 114 degree or dimension chess match that is keeping red shirts. I get it. Next game, the same time, but happening on the CBS Sports Network. Coastal Carolina, they're coming at seven and three. Suddenly, the hottest team in the Sun Belt East going against <laughs> this. This seems like 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 some sort of Groundhog's Day going up against Army. 11 a.m. Sports Network. Chanticleers with the four-point advantage here. It seems to me like maybe the new slogan for the Black Knights needs to be, thank you, Sunbelt, may I have another. This will be like the third time that Army has dipped into the Sunbelt schedule and looking to get yet another beating. Already beaten by ULM, already beaten by Troy. Here they are. They're coming to to, to, to to welcome in the Chanticleers who are playing hot. Doesn't matter who's quarterbacking them. Shane, Army is, is only a four-point dog here. Does somebody know something about Army that we don't know? Except we do know that they've had this two-game win streak. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe Vegas is still just not sure about the uh, coastal quarterback situation likely playing their third string quarterback again, though. I feel like he's proven himself. I've, I'm not worried about them quarterback wise. So right. the line surprised me a little bit. Maybe it's just, you know, also you always wonder about the team that gets army thrown into the mix late in the season where like yeah. all of a sudden you're completely shifting gears. Although it's not the same triple option army of years past. So I don't know. The line does surprise me a little bit. Uh, Thibodeau, you're kind of a low-key fan of the Black Knights. The Black Knights are coming over with wins against the Air Force and then squeaking through Holy Cross. Does Army have maybe a little momentum coming into this game? And it's at home. You better yeah. believe they do. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, in the Coastal Carolina game notes, QB1 listed as Grayson McCall. But mm -hmm. I also saw the article yeah. that was done with him where he was really questioning what's next. You know, oh. is is he is he done playing in in the till and, and looking forward to the possibility of being drafted? Or is he trying to maybe do a little bit of both and showcase that he can come back, that he still has it for the shots and, and you know, maybe falls a little bit in his draft stock, uh, not able to perform as well? But I think that's pretty interesting. But as Shane said, I think regardless of whoever's behind center, all three of their quarterbacks are great and give them just as good of an option. I think it's a touchdown different game. Uh, the shots get the, the the nod in my book over Army. Army hasn't really shown me where they've been uh, consistent. I know that they do have this uh, modest little streak going on, but I still uh, think back to week one when the Warhawks were able to pretty soundly defeat them. And, and so I like the shots to uh, carry the banner for the Sun Belt. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, I think you got that, hit that 
hit that nail right on the head. Also, I love everything's happening at 11 o'clock, guys. A little in state matchup Southern Miss at three and seven. They're playing at Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. They're four and six. On the SEC Network Plus, is that like the SEC Network and then you have to pay a little extra to get get this game? Kind of like Big Ten Plus? It's the alternate feed. Okay. Oh, it is. Because on the main are the Warhawks, Jeremy. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get to the Warhawks. I haven't forgotten about them. Even though we already have, but okay. Yeah, I actually did forget about them. I've immediately forgot about them. Uh, the Bulldogs are a 14-point favorite. Listen, forget the record. This is a new Golden Eagles team, right? They've risen from the ashes of sort of a horrendous season. Ever since Will Hall unceremoniously fired Will Hall for play-calling duties, Southern Miss has found its new offensive mojo. Frank Gore Jr. is a man on fire. He just seems to be running for yards and touchdowns at an amazing clip. Meanwhile, the Bull- Bulldogs... You know, they still have a shot at a bowl. You know, they're two two games down. This is not a meaningless game for them. They're going to have to fight if they want that bowl eligibility, which I don't ever know if that's something that SEC teams really fight for anyway. However, there's some positive energy that is surging throughout the Golden Eagles. I, I throw it to you, Tibbs. Is there an upset brewing with Southern Miss? Look, I love the Golden Eagles. But- I know you do. Yeah. You never pick against a team that just fired their coach. Because for one game, <laughs> yeah. they are magical. They have hope. Uh-huh. They have dreams. They have everything that you want from the preseason on for that one game. Yeah. And it just so happens that Southern Miss is coming in on the heels of Mississippi State firing their coach. Bulldogs win, but I like the Eagles in it. Mm, I, do you share that same feeling that Thibodeau has Shane. He's got a point about okay. the firing coach. You, you yeah. tend to see them. You tend to see those teams rise to the occasion for at least a week, but the Warhawks, they've or not the Warhawks, the Eagles. <laughs> we're taking, we're, we're playing both games. I apologize. <laughs> they've won two in a row. They were fairly uh-huh. convincing. Mississippi State, you can see why they fired their coach. They're on a losing streak even before that. Like I mentioned, a bad Arkansas team, they squeaked by them. They weren't that impressive beating a team from the MAC. There's a chance here for Southern Miss. You know that's a huge game for a lot of the people on that sideline. You know they can pull out all the stops because – this is really what they have left to play for this year is to beat an in-state SEC team. Yeah, You might see – Kurt Signetti talked about UConn bringing the bag of tricks when they didn't have anything to lose. <laughs> Let's see what kind of bag of tricks Will Hall has – and let's see them pull off an upset here. I, I tell you, there's a lot of reasons Southern Miss wants to win this game. I mean, there's in-state pride. They have nothing else left but this game, right? I mean, this is this is the game for them. And you got to salvage the season by beating. Yeah. And maybe Will Hall salvages some some of his reputation, too. I mean, do, do you not just kind of forget about the rest of the season with the with the boosters and the fan base at Hattiesburg? If you're like, yeah, we, we, we took care of Mississippi State. I, I think that probably goes a long way with 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 restoring some trust. So, you know what? I have actually picked, guys, I have actually picked Southern Miss to win this game outright. So, uh, I'm, I'm putting it all on the line here. You know, I. Mm, my Did you drop some coins on it? 10 bucks. I got 10 bucks on this game. Ooh. <laughs> Big money. <laughs> I'm just a. I, I don't get paid much from this podcast. All right. So, uh, then there's this other game, Appalachian State at James Madison. But after that, it's Texas State at Arkansas State. All right, should we go back to the other game? Should we go back? I think we should. You guys sure. didn't. Help, you guys didn't help me at all with this bit. Uh, you know, maybe I should let you know beforehand. But here we go. I was pretending like it wasn't a big game, but it is. Appalachian State six and four already bowl eligible at James Madison ten and zero. <laughs> Technically, kind of bowl eligible. Not going to a bowl. 
1 p.m. ESPN Plus. Dukes are a nine-point favorite. College day, ga- day game. College game day. Come into campus. This is nothing new for Appalachian State or James Madison, but it's the third time in four years that game day has come to, to a Sunbelt campus. It's always pretty cool. It's always great exposure. There's going to be a little tension in the air, a little fire in the air, because what? Appalachian State and James Madison don't always, uh, I don't know, mix very well. And two, there's this NCAA denial of waiver that's probably stuck in the craw of many Dukes fans. I don't know. What are we going to say out of this game, Shane? Is it, is it, is it, Appalachian State, RA Bull eligible, James Madison kind of just playing to stick a cigarette in people's eyes. What's the motivation here? Well, it's interesting you say fire in the air because we literally do have – we smoke in the air. There's wildfires all over the place. It's been oh, okay. hazy here right. lately. So g- great, great conditions for the game day guys to rule in the town. But <laughs> <laughs> they'll be wearing masks. That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think this game's going to go one of two ways. Like I think if JMU wins, I think they're going to win handily because they've just soaked up all of that inspiration that we've been talking about. Okay, but I also think there's a distinct possibility that this is a this is the game that gets them. I think you know App State's been playing Ooh. better. I think sometime something's not going to go right for JMU. Uh-huh. It, it, eventually, eventually, you know the breaks they've caught, the breaks they've made for themselves too. But eventually, they're going to have a game where just a lot of thing kind of piles up on them. And I think App State's too good. If that happens this week, they're playing too well. Joey Aguilar's turning into a really good quarterback. I think it's a little bit of a danger zone for JMU. And I can't tell. Very tempted if, to pick the upset. Yeah, I can't tell if you are like one, maybe trying to to to, to I don't smoke the peace pipe with with the people of Boone, or if you're just doing a little reverse psychology. <laughs> We do know that James Madison's really good, but also yeah. we do know Appalachian State's really good. Listen, uh, Thibodeau, I gave up on this team. I, I think I put the burial dirt on this team several weeks ago when Old Dominion beat them. I was like, Appalachian State is dead. Now here they are, right behind Coastal Carolina, trying to, I don't know, find a way to squeak up on top. Is Appalachian State really the favorite in this match? What did Sean Clark say last week? I don't know. You mess with the bull. Did he say that? You okay. get the horns. <laughs> this, while, while App State is already bowl eligible, oh. this is the feather in the cap, the exclamation mark, to put them over the edge and, and really improve their bowl game hopes. In addition to that, James Madison is coming in, into this game with all the noise, all the distractions of game day, the NCAA, Shane Metlin's constant tweeting and oh writing God, about all of it. This is the game, like Shane said, this is the trap game. And, and I think that App State plays up. James Madison tries to coast through it. And coasting against uh, App State is not going to end well. And so I like the Nears oh, to win the game. Very nice. You know, all right. So, so Shane's like kind of on the fence. It could be 50 50. You're like the Nears. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say the Dukes kind of pull themselves out of the smoldering crater with the W. Like it's like it's like nothing but destruction and chaos and fire and brimstone. And then like just at the end, Kurt Signetti's just by himself on a pile of bones, smoking a cigar, going game over. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know that's that's fine. So much later in the day, actually one hour later, (laughs) Texas State makes a trip to Jonesboro to visit Arkansas State, Arkansas State five and five, Texas State six and four. You can watch this game on ESPN plus 2 p.m. Bobcats are a three and a half point favorite, which is that sounds about right. Let me let me tell you something that you guys might not have known. You might have known that Texas State has defeated Arkansas State the last three times they've faced. But did you know 
that in each of those games, the deficit was two points. Three consecutive two-point wins over Arkansas State, which I find a little bit incredible. I don't know even how statistically possible that is. But that's how close those games have been. Now we've got a game where Texas State, I don't know, they're kind of, they're, they're, they kind of, they win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. They win one, they lose one. That is their actual pattern for the last five or six weeks now. Now, if the pattern holds, they beat Arkansas State. But Arkansas State really needs this victory. They need it at home. They need it in front of the home crowd. Butch Jones would really like to seal that deal, maybe get some of his critics off his back, say, look what I've done. I brought you guys a bowl game. I told you to trust the process. I put the recruiting into the crock pot. It's simmering. It's simmering. And look, look, the meal is almost done. Thibodeau. I know you like the Bobcats. Like, just in general, you like the Bobcats. Fever. <laughs> Are the Bobcats going to spoil the day for Arkansas State? Not a chance. I, 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 I love some Bobcats. I know you But do. I think Arkansas State, especially being at home right now, they're the hot team, and they have just enough and, and have kind of found their identity to uh, take care of business. Yeah. The, the water feature stays intact. The Bobcats are not jumping into it to celebrate win number seven. Because uh-huh. I'm telling you, I, I said when the Bobcats hit five and they hit that skid, the, it's been a great year, but but I think we're done. I don't see where Texas State can win either of these last two games and limp into the postseason with six wins. Ooh. And wouldn't that be a full circle moment? Texas State, who have already been denied once in their history after having six wins. So you kind of think that they really want to get the seventh win, Shane. I mean, surely G.J. Kinney is like, listen, let's not put any doubt. Let's not leave any doubt in the air. Let's mitigate all risks. Let's get that seventh win. Let's do it against the Red Wolves, who are a pain in our asses. Let's get it done. Shane, what's your analysis? I, I'm i I'm sort of with Tibbs. Oh. I, think, I think the Red Wolves are going to pull it out. Like I said, they've got a little bit more to play for. Jeremy's looking really hard to turn this into a rivalry. I've been working so hard, guys. <laughs> and, and it's and you know maybe some of his fellow Red Wolves have bought into that, and you know yeah. know that know that there's some people who have left Jonesboro for uh, yeah, San Marcos. Yeah, they're going to be fired up. I've heard that the Arkansas State Master of Hunting <laughs> has made a declaration uh-huh. to keep a keep people from shooting the ducks until after the game's over yeah, uh-huh. which should that help the crowd been, that might have been a forged document we haven't we haven't we haven't authenticated. I, I, I tend to believe that that that's completely real and a completely real position <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's going to make a difference you know here's the thing too it's it's deer hunting season and it's duck hunting season in arkansas so that is really probably the two biggest obstacles in this game right now, and so I have they, can to use, they can just use the upper row of, of the stadium as like as like a blind. They can yeah. set up, bring the shotguns into the stadium. They're facing out. They're not. They're not endangering the players. Can't they, they get some the ducks stadium. into that waterfall? You know what? <laughs> I can put in some decoys and yeah. maybe get some ducks out there. That is a good idea. I might. I might recommend that to Arkansas Athletic Director Jeff Pierrenton. And uh, maybe we can make that happen. Guys, this is why I work with you, because I get such great tips. It can be like, you know, sometimes places will have something like, you know, there's a big raffle for the students, but you have to wait till the fourth quarter before it happens. It can be sort of like, you know, you get to take a shot at a duck in our waterfall, but you have to check in at the start of the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure we did that promotion one year where we- where if you had a chance of winning a deer stand. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did that. And I think it was a successful promotion. So maybe we should do that again. All right, guys, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm getting this positive energy for you guys. I've, I've been real nervous about this game. All right, so a half hour after that kickoff, another game that has implications kind of for both teams, but especially for one, Louisiana. Five and five. They've been stuck on five for the, like three weeks now. 
They're at Troy, 8 and 2, 2.30 on the NFL Network. Always cracks me up. The Trojans are 16.5 point favorites. Listen, now, you know, the, lost in this brouhaha with James Madison and the NCAA is the fact that Troy is just kind of grossly underrated right now. I mean, if you look at how they've been playing these last five weeks, it's just domination on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. These guys are just getting stronger as the week progresses. And that's why when you look at a team that's a real championship team, it's not a team that limps into the end of the year. We're not talking like a team like Marshall. This is a team. It's a teams that just seem to get better and better every week. And that's what Troy is. Troy is just a strong ass team. And they really need to start getting some more looks from at least the AP. They didn't get a single vote. In the AP top 25, which I thought was egregious. I'm going to start bitching and complaining about that. Gunnar Watson is getting that offense to, to be almost just as good as that defense. Meanwhile, Louisiana has lost two straight. They want to become bowl eligible. They have to go through Troy. That's really tough. And then they face their arch nemesis, ULM, to end the year. Oh, my God. Tibbs, is Louisiana going to get this, this, this six-game ch- cheddar, or are they doomed? Depends. Oh, okay. What Troy team shows up? Oh, if it's the Troy team that beat South Alabama, yeah, uh, Cajuns are done. All if right. it's the Troy team that played Texas State, again, they're done. <laughs> Honestly, if it's the Troy team that was at ULM last week, yeah. Cajuns are probably going to steal that win from them because Ooh. Troy did not really play up to Troy standards. They just kind of did enough, went through the motions to get the win. Mm. With that said. I, I still can't count out Coach D and Chandler Fields behind center that, uh, you know, the Cajuns are definitely going to be dangerous. But uh, I still like Troy to to get the win on this one. Yeah, you know, I think it's fun to, to, to imagine that the Cajuns are going to cause some trouble here. I, I just can't see it happening. Shane, do you see it happening? Is Am I just, am I just missing something that obviously Thibodeau has seen? No, I'm with you. I think Troy's going to handle this one. I think they're just a better team. Louisiana's not bad, but <clears throat> I wouldn't read too much into last week. That's kind of classic trap game, not to uh, offend you, Warhawks, but oh god, you know, it's just, you know, you're not going to bring it your absolute best every week. And <clears throat> I'm with you, Jeremy. Why isn't Troy more in this conversation about which group of five teams should be ranked? Like, I think a lot of it has to do going back to that Kansas State game. The yeah. score got lopsided, but that happened late. It was a competitive game into the second half. I think that score was misleading, but most people just look at it mm-hmm. and think, okay, you know, Troy's doing well in the Sun Belt, but what would they do in another conference? And yeah, their only other loss is a top 25 yeah, loss. Both their losses are top 25 losses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Troy's kind of getting the short end of the stick, you know, while James Madison's getting all the press. You know, Troy's just kind of doing their business. Who knows? Maybe at the end of the season, somebody will notice. I hope so. Yeah. I, you know, imagine if we were in a scenario where some of those teams, like a two-lane, gets a second loss, and we were looking at a Sun Belt championship game where the winner of Troy, James Madison, Mm-hmm. Had the best shot of going on, like you know, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would have been a fun scenario, and what it really idea. we should really should be a lot closer to that than we are. What an ideal world! Mm. Speaking of an ideal world, an ideal world, at least how we envisioned it at the beginning of the season, was Marshall and South Alabama sort of being atop of their respective divisions, right. We thought Marshall was going to be playing for a title. We thought South Alabama could be playing for a title. Instead, they meet on the next, the last week of the season at 4 p.m. ESPN Plus. They're both five and five, uh, and they've both won their their, their uh, last respective game. So they're both sort of riding a little bit of momentum. The Jags are a ten and a half point favorite, which I know, Tibbs, you don't want to hear. You don't want any. You don't want to hear about anything about the Jags because the Jags hurt you again and again and again. But being that this game is being played in Mobile, do the Jags have the edge? Let alone, do they have even a ten-point edge here over Marshall? 
who seemed to find some offensive bursts last week. They have every advantage possible. It's okay. at home. Yes. They have the governor leading the way. They got Carter Bradley back. They have yeah. uh, Webb in the backfield. Uh-huh. Uh, Colin Lacey at the wide receiver position. True. Doesn't matter. Oh. The herd have a Pennington behind center. <laughs> and that's why the herd and the huff shuffle are moving on to six wins. You know, Cole Pennington didn't have a great game. I I, I, I don't think he threw a touchdown. I, I think he threw a pick. I don't think he – I think he threw – His first pass was a pick. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was really the Allie Jennings show, right? He he was nice enough to score three touchdowns. The shame is – did Larchell just sort of ride on a high of the 75 celebration and get that win? And will they kind of be back to who they normally are when they hit South Alabama? Or is Marshall kind of suddenly for real again? I don't know. It might be something to build on. I mean, Ooh. Ali's looking more like himself. Yeah. You, you made that switch to Pennington, who maybe ceiling isn't as high as some other guys. But, okay. you know, yeah, his first pass is a pick. He's <laughs> solid after that. He's not yeah. spectacular, but he's solid. I, I think mean, like 15 of 20. That's pretty good. 20, yeah, 200 yards. It's it, it's fine. That's what we said all along that Marshall needed from their quarterback. And they weren't getting it from an injured Cam Fancher. And maybe they'll be okay. I mean, and maybe, you know, he's been out there playing at game speed for 60 minutes now. Maybe we see a little bit of a jump from him this week too. I think Marshall's got a chance in this one. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I feel like though that, all the the reasons Tibbs listed that the Jags will win this game, even though he did, then said it won't matter because they are the Jags, I, I do feel like they have every reason to win this game. So I, I'm going to go with South Alabama, even though I I don't feel good about either team. So there's that. All right, guys, do you remember when Georgia Southern was like? I don't know, the most exciting team in the Sun Belt. They had Davis Brin, and they had White at running back, and, and they could play defense, and they could play offense. And it looked like maybe uh, Clay Helton was was making a run for at least Sun Belt East domination. Remember that, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Good so. times last year. <laughs> it was this year, too. No, it was this year. They got the six wins. It was like, man, these guys are really rolling. And now I, I don't know what to think of these guys. Old Dominion, four and six at Georgia Southern, six and four, 5 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. The Eagles are a six-point favorite, which tells me that people are beginning to respect the weirdness of Old Dominion. Shane, uh, I have no idea what, what's going to happen in this game. You know, The problem, I think, with Georgia Southern is that defense just isn't as good as it was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm with you about not really knowing what to expect in this one. Because <laughs> um, you, you don't really know what to expect from Old Dominion either. Like It's oh. been real up and down for them. You know, we, we all thought they had a real shot to uh, – yeah. Make it a game with Liberty, and, and nothing. And then they just really laid an egg in the first half. Yeah, and you know, I still think maybe they respond pretty well. They've got a shot to make a bowl game, which would be a which would be a good step in the right direction for Ricky Ronnie this season, especially with the uncertainty they've had a quarterback this year. But I just feel like, you know, Georgia Southern's probably the slightly better team, but also a little inconsistent. It I I honestly just do not know who to pick in this one. I'll go with the home team just because. <laughs> the home team's always a good, you know. All right, so Georgia Southern, they lose to Texas State. Since since getting their sixth win, they lose to Texas State. They lose to Marshall. Now they got Old Dominion. And we don't know what motivates Old Dominion. Is it victory? Is it Bitcoin? Is it astrological signs? We just don't know. Tibbs, is Old Dominion weird enough to beat Georgia Southern? Yes, for sure they're weird enough to do it. Are they going to, though? No. Why? Because Georgia Southern fans are out ordering from the funbeltpodcast.com shop website. 
They're ordering the put Irk in t-shirts. Are they? That's great. And so when they win, uh-huh. there's no trophy involved, but they're all going to be surrounding Hilton at midfield wearing the put Irk t-shirts in. Everyone's cheering. They're victorious. It's another win for Georgia Southern. They go diving into Eagle Creek. It's a glorious day, but a win for Georgia Southern. Nice. All right. That is penetrating analysis. I love it. I, you know what? I think the mystical properties of Eagle Creek, I think it somehow shields Georgia Southern from ODU strangeness. And I think they do come away with that win. Last game of the evening, guys. It's on ESPN2, 7 p.m. Georgia State, 6-4 and four, over number, number 15, Louisiana. I think they're 8-2. Eight. And two, eight. Uh, Tigers are a 31 and a half point favorite. And I, I will ask you guys this point blank. Are the Panthers dead? The Panthers were the first team in the Sunbelt guys, you know, not was to, to officially achieve bowl eligibility. There's another team out there that was probably got the wins quicker than Georgia state, but, but they're just not bowl eligible. I mean, rules are rules, right? So Georgia state since hitting bowl eligibility, has not won a game since. Three straight losses, and they look completely cooked. Shane, are the Panthers cooked? Should we be eating Panther meat for the remainder of the season? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say 100% sure for the remainder of the season. Okay, all right. You know, we talked about how weird ODU is, and they've still got that one yeah. in front of them. So I'm not going to make a prediction on that one quite yet, but this is not good timing for the Panthers. <laughs> no, this is horrible it's for the Panthers. Why? We Why? saw what quarterbacks like Joey Aguilar, uh-huh. like Jordan McLeod, yeah, have done to them. Yes. What is Jaden Daniels going to do against this team in uh, in the probably the only half that he plays? Like, yeah, that that Panthers defense, Shane. Is not good. But you know who else hasn't been good? Darren Granger. In the last three games, all losses, he has thrown for 152, 82, and 157 yards. Now, I know that he kind of can do things with his legs, too, but those aren't good quarterback numbers. So, Thibodeau, what what's going on with the Panthers? Why are they just suddenly bad? Well, in seasons past, it's been that they were uh, slow out of the gate and hot at the beginning. Yeah. Remember at Sunbelt Media Day, we asked Sean Elliott, what's it going to take for you to uh, come out of the gate hot? And I, he did it, yeah. but then he forgot to finish the season. <laughs> this this game's going to be ugly. This, this is this is uh, right on par with that ULM Old Miss game. I mean, LSU is uh, 11 consecutive wins in night games. Um, <clears throat> they just put it on Florida. They're pissed that they're probably out of the national title contention with their two losses. So uh, they are going to roll on the bayou there of uh, in the red stick. You know, all fairness to the Panthers, they do have a short history of, of playing the SEC well and even beating the SEC, having had that big victory over Tennessee a couple years ago. I don't know if this – if. Sean Elliott and the Panthers have that in them this time. But, you know, maybe never count out Sunbelt Heat. You know, who knows? Maybe LSU's overlooking this game. I, I hate to frame it like that. I just, the Panthers just haven't given me any hope that they can pull out this victory. And that, guys, congratulations. That is another successful edition of Second and Short. Boom goes the gong. Well done, boys. I just want to know, how did you remember that Georgia State had beaten Tennessee? I mean, was there a statue or a banner or, or where where did you where were you able to, to pull that from from the interwebs? It's just one of those games that stuck in my head. I was listening to it on the radio. I was driving. I think I was driving from Jonesboro after a game. I was like, oh, my God, this is this is kind of incredible way to go, Georgia State. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, uh, yeah. Anything else before we get a plugs, promos, and parting shots? I'm ready. 
Go for it, Jeremy. All right. Hey. So one thing I noticed about the James M Madison plight is uh, really how the the Virginia state government has has sort of gotten on on the ball here. I don't know if they have any chance of changing any minds, but there's some juice in the government that says, "Hey, James Madison, we've got your back." Dusty, do you think that were this situation that happened to the Warhawks with the Louisiana legislature, would they have would they move a finger to help out the Warhawks in this case? Hell no. No. Arkansas State. Bust. Yeah. At Arkansas, if this happened to Arkansas State, it'd be like rules is rules, buddy. Hey, go hogs. So congratulations to James Madison. You've got people you know what, what what they what what the song says i've got friends in all the right places and you've got friends in the right places james madison way to go i don't know if you're going to win this fight but you have found out who your friends are you've hit on <clears throat> virginia having a little bit different vibe than a lot of these sec states where it's just different there's the fact that it's the flagships the flagship school probably culturally is more similar to Vanderbilt than Tennessee oh. in, in some ways. Right. And, you know, it might be a little bit different if we were still in the like Beamer Vic Virginia tech days, yeah. but we're, we're not really there anymore. And there's also like, you know, Virginia has some very distinct geographic regions and like the Shenandoah Valley is JMU's region. And there's that mountain there that kind of separates them from everybody else. And that's still like important to the politics of the state that, you know, you, you don't want to lose that region or you don't want to lose the Hampton roads region where ODU is still very prominent part of that whole region, as opposed to just one school completely dominate the entire state. And it, it, it's definitely a different vibe here than I think a lot of, especially sec states. Yes, me no understand your words. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, pile on there, Shane. What do you have for plug promo parting shot? Oh, well, my parting shots. I got to admit, I'm a little bit disappointed. Hmm. I was in talks to be the guest picker. I, this has been a little bit of a secret. <laughs> I, I lowered my wow. usual personal appearance rate to only wow. 50,000. Okay. Hey, I thought I was going to get it. And then they go with somebody called puffed co mentor or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I'm not that I was, I was bracing myself cause I'd heard they were going to get a gigantic celebrity. Mm -hmm. I heard it was going to be a huge deal. And then I find out that this is just another podcaster. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, oh. so I'm a little upset. It okay. felt like it could have been me representing the Fun Belt podcast on there, but instead of something, I don't know, people maybe have heard of. I don't know if anybody listens to Pardon My Take or whatever it's called with Pufto Comunter, Um but Is this something the young people are listening I to? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar to me. But I, I, I will probably get over my disappointment someday, but right now I'm just a little bit sad. I remember listening to Tim Brando talking about how horrible it was that 21 Pilots was playing at the uh, the uh, college playoff football halftime or whatever they were playing at some big event. He had no idea who 21 Pilots was. That's how I feel right now about <laughs> this 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 personality that's coming over to James Madison. Maybe maybe this person's super cool, and I'm just out of the loop. I like to think that Shane's going to have his own insurrection and just like trip the guy going up the stairs, push him down and, and go up there anyway. <laughs> got to do like uh what was that moment with Taylor Swift and who was the, the guy who comes up and says, Kanye. Due, yeah, Kanye, <laughs> you can pull a Kanye. With all due respect, I'm Shane Mellon, Fun Bell Podcast. You don't belong here. <laughs> That's all you have? You, you haven't gone and, and, and tackled Corso or, or Herb Street? No, I haven't met those guys yet. Tomorrow. Big time. Jeremy, you had mentioned a while back yeah. 
that new head basketball coach for Arkansas State, Brian Hodgson, was not very happy oh, with yeah. you for for maybe misquoting or misrepresenting what he had said. I, I'm not always 100% accurate with my quotes, and he was a little wrinkled, I thought, by that. Maybe not. Maybe that's his personality, but I think he was a little put out. I congratulate you, Jeremy. Oh, okay. You are not alone. Ooh. You are a trendsetter. <laughs> I the guess. NFL reporter... Teresa Thomas Thompson admitted that there's times where she can't talk to the coaches or the players at halftime or pregame because they're too busy. They don't come out. They come out too late, whatever. So she would just make up what they said. (laughs) You know what's funny about that? I saw that. I saw the headlines and kind of moved past it. One, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I I don't care what happens on those sideline reports. But two... Obviously, the coaches didn't care either because she's the one breaking the story, right? She, it's not like a coach going, "Hey, I didn't tell her that we have to give one hundred and ten percent and give it, you know, give us give us an extra effort or whatever it is." They never said anything. It was her. She was finally was the one that said, "Yeah, I'm making all this up." So I don't see. I see some people are like really put out. I was like, "What's the big deal here?" Yeah, I just saw it and I immediately <laughs> thought of you, Jeremy. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.